Welcome to the Business Intuition Podcast, the place where you can learn to trust your intuition to make business decisions without having to meditate for hours, wear crystals, or give up on coffee or wine. You don't have to leave your IQ at the door. Embrace intuitive intelligence to create a business that lights you up and finally experience the success that you deserve. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Intuitive Revolution in Business. Today, we are going to talk about past lives and business. Now, this is an episode that I didn't think I'd be recording, but I'm super excited to get it to you because I, looking back, I have realized that past lives have been the thing that I've been the most passionate about throughout my life ever since uh, my teens, actually. So it all started, at least that's how I remember it, uh, with my sister. Now, my sister and I, I have two siblings. My sister and I were pretty competitive with each other. Uh, and But sadly as well, um, there was a lot of comparison between us. And, and for some time, we had some toxic dynamics where... Um, I was made to be feel like I was the pretty but fat girl and she was made to feel that she was the ugly but skinny. And so there was a lot of aggravation between us, um, I suppose because our parents, and it's probably a thing of their time, didn't know how to raise children without you know, this competition streak. And um, we bickered a lot. Um, and at one point, I remember, I think I was about 15, uh, and I looked at her and I said to her, look, we have chosen each other. I know that almost for fact. So why don't we get on with it? And I'm not saying that this resolved the problem immediately, but I know that we were able after that to look at things in a different way and to shift things around. Now, where did this belief come from? I have no idea because I was brought up in the Catholic tradition where, you know, it's hammered into you that you have only the one life. You have to get it right. If you don't get it right, you go to hell, etc., etc. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm, I'm pretty sure you would have heard something similar to that because sadly... Some religions have been using fear um, to try to control people and the fear of doing something wrong and the fear of not being adequate or not following the rules had to have some sort of punishment to make you abide by some rules that actually for a lot of us didn't feel even, you know, um, that important. I, I'm not saying that there's not some, some good principles in religion but I think there's a lot of it that is outdated and even toxic. But I'm not here to talk about religion. However, I do want to talk about the Catholic uh, religion because there's this principle that there's only one life. So in contrast, how is it that I said to my sister, I chose you? How could I choose her if there was only one life and I was just born um, and, and nothing made sense? 
But also, I want to ask one question. Why should you bother with past lives within your business? And that's what we're going to explore today. But first, we're going to talk a lot about the concept of past lives. And, and what I would invite you to do is to listen with an open mind. And at the end of the day, make up your mind whether it's one thing it's for you or not. And if it's not, it's absolutely fine. Just, just pass this episode, skip to the next one, right? Now, one question I've been asked many, many, many times is why should we bother with past lives when we already have so much to unpack from our current lives? And this is usually people who are, who have done psychotherapy, who've been exploring their own baggage in this lifetime, and they feel that, you know, when does this stop? When do we stop digging? And my answer to that is, I have always wondered especially when observing small children who have phobias, what if their phobias were linked to something that happened in the way they died the life before this one, right? And imagine a child, for example, who will not go into a pool, who will scream their head off if they go near a pool of water. And sometimes it even affects um, you know, uh, their bathing routine because they just won't go into the water. How do, we not know, how do we know or how can we exclude the fact that maybe this irrational fear might come from the fact that they drawn in, a past, in their last past life? Um, another example could be if a child who is um, assigned female at birth, and I'm saying it in this way, which is the, um, the words that people use in the transgender community. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm setting aside the transgender issue here, but uh, how do we understand, or why is it that some children who are born maybe male keep on saying that to you that they're female until maybe they're three or four or five, and then they just forget and just, you know, get on with whatever they're doing. Could it be that they had, uh, they were male in a past life? I th I'm hoping I didn't inverse things. I think I might have done that. So it could be that they are, they were the, you know, the gender that they were, that they're talking about in a past life and they still have that memory. So it doesn't make sense for them to be in a, in a body of a different gender, um, yeah. This is getting a bit complicated because I know too much about trans issues and not enough to be really articulate around these, these topics, but I'm talking specifically about past lives, right? So what if all these phobias or irrational fears could be explained? And what if it was helpful? I wanna share with you something that went from me thinking that it made actually logical sense for us to have past lives to being a convert. Uh, and as I said, I'm not here to convince you, I'm here to open a debate and a discussion. So all of my children, and I've had four, have mentioned their past lives from the time they could speak in an articulate way, so between three and five years old. And after that, they just completely forgot about them and stopped talking about them. So could it be that children at that age still have a recollection of what happened before they incarnated in their past lives, just as we remember what happened five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago? 
But then as they create memories in their new life, the past life doesn't become as relevant anymore. So one of the most, I, ha I have two pretty, I'm not going to share all four stories of my children, but two of them have stories that are very, um, vivid, I will say. And to me, that evidence, um, past lives, they, it's convinced me. It might not convince you, but it's convinced me. So my elder child um, told his dad, actually, I wasn't even around. So that was quite interesting because my ex wasn't at all into this past life stuff, malarkey. So when he heard our child talk about that, he was stunned and he actually came to share with me what what our child had said and basically uh, our child said that to his dad that he died in a sword fight in the desert um and he gave quite a lot of details and at that age he hadn't watched something that could have um imprinted that kind of story uh with him so it was quite remarkable. But the most remarkable aspect is that I actually believe all my kids give me their names before they were born. And, and the reason why I believe that is specifically for this child is that his name actually means army man. And when I put the two together and he had this complete obsession with swords and I know a lot of young children do, but at that level, it was really surprising. So that's the first example that for me sort of started to solidify this belief in past lives. My second child was in school doing the fire drill and the teacher was telling them, you know, if there's a fire, uh, when the bell rings, we have to go out of the class all together and go in the, this so that you're safe, et cetera, et cetera. And so, and they talked about safety for fires and, and my, I was told by the teacher directly who called me that, that day. They wanted to have um, a discussion with me. And what happened is my child raised their hand and said, I was in a fire once. And the teacher said, oh, well, that you, you look well now. I'm so glad that you're better. And my child, it was reception. And the way I know she, they were in reception, so it's four years old, is because um, that particular teacher had been doing receptions for the last 10 years I've known her. And, um, and then so when, uh, when the teacher told my child, oh, I'm, I'm so glad you're better, um, my child said in an exasperated voice to their teacher, no, not, not, not now, when I was a mum. And they had described to me the week before how they had burned alive in that fire and what it did to their skin and everything else. And in such detail that only someone who had been burnt alive or had died in the fire could ever describe. And at four years old, you cannot um, have that knowledge. Um, you would have had to you know, work in an ER as a doctor to know. And even then you wouldn't actually know the experience. And it was pretty traumatic for both of us, uh, I have to say. But I remember telling them, you know, it's okay, darling. This is not now. You're okay now. And I gave them a big hug and then they just left and went to play. So that was pretty dramatic. And I think that really nailed the whole past life thing for me. Now, why should you care about past lives with regards to your business? Now, you have probably heard me say, if you listen to other episodes, that 
50% of success in business is mindset. And what can stop us from being successful is our blocks. Now, they can be money blocks, but they can also be, uh, you know, upper limits. And I've, I've reviewed um, Gay Hendricks books um, called the, the Big Leap, which is super important. So go back to that. Uh, if you want to have a bit more background, especially if you're new to the podcast. Um, so you want to be able to um, clear those blocks, okay? Because otherwise, what you'll do is what I've done when I became, when I signed up an agent. And I'll explain to you a little bit because it ties in with a, a session I had to clear some stuff around past lives for my business. So in 2009, I wrote my and wrote and published my first book in English, uh, which was a business book in the sense that it was linked to the business I was running back then. It's not linked to the business I run now, so that's why I don't promote it. But it was a book about how to slim without dieting and without strenuous exercise. And it was based on my clinical hypnotherapy practice combined with, you know, um, Reiki energy, so anyway, I self-published in 2009. I had never self-published before, so there was a huge and wonderful learning curve. Um, and in 2011, 2012, I signed an agent for this book. So this guy looked at my book and said, yeah, I think it's something that can be published. Uh, was in discussion with Ashet, um, and if you know anything about publishing, it's one of the top global publishing companies in the world uh, and then what they said is oh because this book has already been published we'd like a second edition can you please produce a sec second edition and by then I had put on baby weight because of my fourth baby and I felt like a fraud so I actually pulled out so you can see that my block around my visibility around the fact that I felt like a fraud actually literally sabotaged me becoming a published a traditionally published author now we don't want that to happen to you and and i'm saying this in a very articulate way back then i hadn't that level of clarity i just knew that i couldn't write another book and and then i felt awful because i felt that i had literally sabotaged everything so you want to make sure that you explore any of those blocks, any of those limiting beliefs, and that you get rid of them. Now, I want to mention the work of a guy uh, who I read. Uh, I read his book uh, back in, in the 90s. That's to show you how long I've been passionate about past, past lives. And this, this was a Jungian um, therapist called Roger Vogler, who's sadly died since. And his book is called hang on a minute let me just check the title um oh i actually don't remember the title of his book um but what he said which is really really interesting and i'm going to check the title of the book for you whilst i i describe uh why it is relevant uh he came to the conclusion because he regressed quite a few patients with hypnotherapy as quite a lot of psychiatrists did in his time, there was a, like a movement uh, of psychiatrists and therapists who regressed uh, patients and find out some pretty 
interesting information that obviously wasn't always, you know, um, proven because you can't always prove these things. Uh, but um, <clears throat> they pointed in the same direction. And, and what they pointed to was the fact that the most likely scenario is that we have a life review after we die. And after this life review, uh, we have a life between life where we're just spirit and then we reincarnate. But before we reincarnate, we go to a sort of committee where we plan our next lives in, according, in accordance to what we'd like to experience. Now, some people put a spell or um, a slant on it that we do that because we want to grow. Some people go as far as saying that we're punished for something we've done in a past life. This is never the case. That's really a sort of, I'm going to say it, but a sort of Christian, you know, old fashioned way of looking at reincarnation. Reincarnation is always something that we do willingly. It's always something where we choose um, the blueprint of our lives according to what kind of experience we want to have. And this ties in a little bit to what I was saying earlier. How could we experience everything in one lifetime? You know, you want to be able to have experience at least, and this is why it made sense to me as a youngster when I was a teenager that um, past lives or reincarnation existed, is that why would you be given only one chance? And also, how limiting would that be in terms of experience? You'd be limited to gender. You'd be limited to the, the cultural background and the social background you're born into. Uh, and you would be missing on so many uh, diverse opportunities to look at life in a different way. Also, if only, if you only had one life, you'd be able to only experience one gender. And how limiting is that? Or you'd be experienced, you know, only being rich, or only being poor. And why couldn't you experience both? Because they both have very interesting wisdom that come from it. Um, and you can have all the knowledge you, you want without the experience. It actually isn't wisdom. Knowledge without experience isn't wisdom. This being said, I do believe that we have a preferred gender. So probably some of us will reincarnate more often as male or some of us more as female. Now, all these psychiatrists, and I'm going to name a couple. Um, if you want to buy their books, go ahead. Take do it with a pinch of salt, because I've seen some very mixed reviews about their books, even though these were the books that started me off. So there might be some books that have been written more recently that are that are better, or that would be better suited to your sensitivities. So use your intuition. But the, the couple of people who have shaped this whole past life, um, and, and I'm going to just hold my hand up and say, the expert in reincarnation are the Buddhists and the Hindus. Um, there might be some other religions. I don't know enough about religion to really, really be on top of this. But uh, in Buddhism, it's really, it's a, it's a given that you've had past lives. So I'm not saying that these psychiatrists that I'm going to mention who are, you know, white, male, privileged uh, <laughs> individuals know more about reincarnation than Buddhists do. So as well. You know, explore that route as well if you're interested. But I guess they brought it to the Western world. 
And so they've also done it in a way that's more palatable maybe for us Westerners, I don't know. So the names that I wanna mention is Michael Newton, who's written at least two books. His book is a classic, one is called Destiny of Souls and the other one, I'm not exactly sure, but he's easy to find. There's Brian Weiss, W-I-E-I-S-S. Uh, I read some pretty vit vitriolic <laughs> comment on his book, which surprised me because I really enjoyed his book when it came out. But he's been criticized for not being scientific enough, for being vague, for his book being full of contradictions. Fine. I mean, I think for me, reading these books was enough excitement because it kind of broadened the way I looked at life. And for me, that, that was a good thing. I'm not saying it's for everyone. So the idea is that we plan our next lives. We have soul families, which means that there are a certain number of individuals, souls that we have in our lives on a regular basis. And I know that at least two, if not three of my children, we get together in many lives together, sometimes in different roles. Sometimes I'm the parent, sometimes they would have been the parents, sometimes we would have been spouses, etc., etc. So that's quite interesting and quite fun to think how much you can play around with scenarios because it, it almost feels like you become an actor in a play. But just like as with actors, there is the element of free will. I mean, I suppose actors don't do it as much unless they are given carte blanche to do improvisations. But I think in our lifetime, if we have a plan, we're also allowed to change the plan because we forget about the plan. The plan becomes um, something in the background where we have synchronicities that happen to us what we think are coincidences, but that actually remind us of the plan, et cetera, et cetera. And we can choose to ignore that and do whatever we damn well want. So this is also a concept that can be quite interesting. In this bigger picture, how does it tie with business? I believe that my business had a sole contract with me to be born on the back of the experiences that I've had in my life. And it's very intimately linked to what I've been through. And it's possible that if you are the creator of your own business uh, or an entrepreneur, the same thing would have happened to you. A little bit like, you know, the book that I reviewed for you on this podcast called Big Magic, where Elizabeth Gilbert talks about how a book, a book idea chooses you. I believe that business ideas choose us, but they do that probably before we incarnate. Um, now, I was so passionate about past lives that uh, the first thing that crossed my mind um, to train in when I lost my job was, actually, it wasn't the first one, it was the second. <laughs> the first one was counseling because I was so passionate about counseling. I had gone to therapy when I was nine years old and it's something that I really believed in. But it was a long training, whereas I found a clinical hypnotherapy training, which was one of the most serious schools of training in my area that did it in a whole year. Now, I know there's some people who get a, a, a hypnosis uh, diploma in a weekend or even online. So I was going to say, if you decide to explore your past lives with a professional, please check if they are um, sufficiently serious uh, you know, exploring past lives, just as exploring any um, any past traumas. They're not always traumatic, by the way, um, but it can be something that is 
triggering and you want to have someone who's experienced and knows how to handle things, okay? So funnily enough, when I trained as a clinical hypnotherapist, that's the moment where I decided it wasn't right to regress people. And I decided to completely drop the subject, at least in my practice, even though it had been my dearest wish is to work on past lives. And I think the reason why is that I had read so many encounters of very traumatic remembrance of past lives. And I was just wondering what was the whole point of reliving past trauma, unless it was directly impacting that person's life at that point, in which case it's a different thing. But I wasn't completely convinced that these past life regressions were done for the highest good of the person who had done it. I actually remembered my first past life when I did my Reiki one training and it happened completely spontaneously. I saw myself being thrown off a cliff. I didn't see it coming to be honest. And then I saw my mum and my ex in different, you know, personalities and how they were implied um, or in implicated into my death. And it had a very cathartic effect. So to go back to Roger Wogler's um, point, I don't know if I actually made it when I mentioned his name. It doesn't really matter if the story that comes up is really a past life or not, because it is a metaphor that the mind uses that has a healing power. So don't dig too much into it if something crops up. At the same time, if you want to document it and find a proof, by all means do it if it's important for you, but it's not necessary. It's almost like the exercise is enough to bring you the benefit that you need, okay? So since then, I've seen quite a few lifetime um, past lives. Sometimes it's been psychics that have revealed these lives to me. Sometimes I've seen them myself. Um, and I think the implications for business is that it's, it's, it's linked to anything uh, mindset uh, that we need to explore, is that these past lives are likely to have an impact uh, by creating fears, upper limits, and by creating limiting beliefs that is going to stop us from doing the things that we need to do to be successful. And I would say um, it can impact different, completely different areas. So I have a couple of examples one from a client and one from me, because I actually decided to gift myself to a past life um, healing session with a hypnotherapist, um, I think it was last week or a week ago. So I remember very clearly a client coming to me years ago who um, found that she was stuck in her business and she didn't seem to be able to progress it as much as she'd like to. It's almost like the clients would come in or they wouldn't pay or there was some sort of block and she was getting quite frustrated. Now, the first thing I saw when I opened her Akashic Records, because actually Akashic Records, and I've talked about Records before, are a book that um, pulls all the memories from past lives, current lives, um, future lives. And there's a, even people who talk about parallel lives and they say that past lives are not really past lives because time is not linear. So we're living all of them at the same time. Now, I find this concept a bit overwhelming and almost unhelpful. So if that's something that you want to explore, go ahead. If it's something that does your head, then just drop it. It's not that important. But anyway, that particular client, I opened her Akashic Records and immediately I was shown that she had been 
um, an advisor to a, a pretty tyrannic um, leader, ruler, uh, state ruler, and she was doing astrology um, consultations for that person. And at one point, she'd said something that the, the ruler didn't like. And so she was sentenced to death. Um, and this had created a block to success in this lifetime. So that was important that we can unpack that. And very often, the moment that you remember a past life, it's almost like you release the energy it comes from your subconscious and it releases up like a bubble through water. And once the memory has been captured, it's released and it doesn't impact you anymore. Okay. So just as sometimes when something is subconscious comes to the awareness, then you know at that point that you've released it. So it doesn't mean if you have something come up like that, that you need to work for it for many, many sessions. Sometimes it can be an instant re uh, release. As for me, um, we worked in that session a week ago with the clinical hypnotherapist that I'm going to actually interview uh, on the podcast next week. So that's why I'm, I'm making this episode about past lives in almost like an introduction to her work. And it was really interesting because the, the belief that we explored was a belief around it's not being safe for me to be me. And it took me directly back to a life as a public speaker in Rome, uh, where I, one moment I was this really sought after, respected and loved public speaker mixed with lawyer and politician all in one thing. I remember being male in that lifetime. And the next minute I was thrown in prison and, and then given to the lions for breakfast. So you can imagine that it, this story, whether it's true or not, illustrated why it feels that it's not safe to be me. Because if I start saying exactly what I mean and talk about the things that matter to me and become public about it, then I, I will die. And my subconscious can hold to that belief. So what about you? I've given you an example from a client and from myself. What, what could be something that's blocking you in your business? Well, it could be that you were rich and you abused your position um, of power from it. And maybe in this lifetime, you're aware of what you've done. And, and you're, so you're afraid to become, to step into your power in that respect. It could be maybe that you made a poverty vow. That's, these are very common amongst, especially amongst spiritual entrepreneurs who would have been, you know, nuns or monks, and as such, there's this very often a, a poverty vow that is taken at that time. Now, that will still be active in this lifetime unless you have revoked it. That will directly impact, you know, how much income you can bring in because you will sabotage yourself because this vow is active in your, in your psyche. A lot of my, the clients that I've known could have been in prison for the various things that they've done, and that would still impact them subconsciously. So should you look into your past lives? Okay. My answer is probably as part of your regular mindset work, if you feel you've gone to the end of the mindset, well, I mean, I know there's never an end to mindset work because there's always new stuff that comes up, you know, new experiences, probably new triggers. But if you've, fully believe that you've looked into quite a few of the things that are 
from this lifetime and you still can't see what it's all about, then probably look into that. Now, there's several ways that you can explore your past life. So I'm going to give you a couple of these different ways and then explore and see which one feels the best. A lot of healers can help you with past lives, especially if they work with the records. They're able to see the root cause of something and pull the actual energy block that it's created. Clinical hypnotherapists are also very good at it. And as I said, I'm going to be interviewing one next week um, who you, you will be able to work with if you feel um, she's the right person. And also psychics are very good at looking into past lives especially if they access the records. So these are the three ways, and you could do it on your own, but I will say one thing. Just as with anything that has a, a high level of trauma involved around it, I don't think it's actually advisable to do it on your own. It's a little bit the same as in, you know, your first aid kit. You know, if you're at home and you have a small cut, uh, you put a plaster on and you're okay. But if you happen to hit an artery and there's blood spilling, spilling everywhere, you want to go to the hospital as soon as possible. You want to be in the hands of a doctor or a surgeon or someone competent. It's the same with this past life exploration. You don't know ahead of time if you're going to hit a big trauma and you don't want to be on your own if you do. There has been some people who have suffered some significant um, significant additional trauma or they've they felt stuck because they've they've DIY'd um, this aspect okay so I'm I'm not one to recommend it and personally I would have I wouldn't have done it on my own. I know I mentioned a time when it happened spontaneously. First of all I was in the context where there was another person who was quite experienced who could help me uh, but also my, your own mind, your own higher self knows when it's a good time for you or when it's safe for you to bring these things up and they will filter what you can, you know, deal with on your own and not. But still, I wouldn't dig on my own. That's my own personal um, opinion. You know, you, you're free to disagree with me. I'm fine with that. But I'm giving you what I believe. So don't force it. If you have an impulse, however, act on it, especially if it's impulse that comes from a place of you feeling inspired about it, not, not if you're feeling negative, because you can get impulse in both when you're in a good, um, you know, high vibing place or when you're a low vibing place. Um, as I said earlier, there are a couple of people who have written books that you can explore. Um, I'm not going to do a workshop on past lives myself, but know that this is the kind of work that I do. It's not something that I would spontaneously do unless I'm being shown in a session that actually we need to go back and, um, you know, unpack something. And if that's the case, then that's what I do in my sessions. Because as you know, I work in the business Akashic Records and I have actually um, taken quite a few of my clients to past lives. Um, that's, that's unlocked um, or dissolve blocks um, to their success. So thank you for listening to today's episode. This was an episode that's very, very dear to my heart. 
I think next week's interview is going to be super exciting too. And I look forward to, um, you know, having you on the show next week again. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Intuition Podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, and if you haven't done it yet, write a review so that more listeners can enjoy this podcast. Don't forget to join my free group on Facebook, Business Intuition for Female Entrepreneurs. And go on to my website to download my free workbook on the four steps to trust your intuition in business. My website is theintuitionrevolution.co.uk.